3: Welcome to the Go Big Redcast,
0: the Husker Fan Sports Show with Dave, Honky, Mac, and Boomer. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers. And I'm with Honky. They'll try and decide if we should expand the Redcast to 8 or 12.
1: (laughs) I think we should stay at 4. I personally think that's the perfect number, right? I
4: never Mac? thought we
0: should have gone for it. I think two is <laughs> <was> enough.
4: <laughs> What's up, Redcasters? I hope you're all enjoying
1: this heat
4: outside. That is my hot take, as it is hot outside. Be sure to crack your windows for your animals if you're driving around with like a madman with them in your car. It's weird. <laughs> Good point, Mac. Good point. Also with Boomer.
3: Well, I just would like to just tell Honky, we, ha- we had to expand. Uh, we had to grant access to a group of five, Redcast Rob. Uh, he was threatening legal action, so we really didn't have a choice.
1: And That's so Rob. Uh, that's right. We have granted access to the group of five member, Redcast Rob.
2: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on tonight. I'd like to personally thank Christian McCaffrey for increasing my Twitter followers tonight and also giving me a reason to dress in full Husker gear and go attend UNC's uh, football practices where his father and uh, brother will be coaching that team all summer long. I can't wait to go watch them play dressed in red. Oh Woo-hoo! my goodness. You should switch outfits like every couple of minutes just to you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, put a Maryland hat on. Yep. And then maybe a race Jersey, something like that. Yeah. And <laughs> then get arrested for public indecency. Although I will say I'm, I am looking forward to uh, actually meeting them this summer because where I actually work, we'll be hosting an event where um, Ed McCaffrey will be like the main person attending there and bringing in some kids and families and stuff. So I do look Awkward. forward to meeting him and the family. And um, <laughs> I will not be introducing myself as Redcast Rob.
1: That's probably a good idea, Rob. You might even not even call yourself Rob. It might be just on the safe side. I might not even go. <laughs> Smart. That's the way I go. That's strategic, Rob, right there. <laughs> strategy. Um, that's right. Well, you know, uh, a lot of things have happened over the last 12 months. Um, and we're here tonight to kind of wrap up the 2021 Redcast season if you will. We're going to take a few weeks off, we'll be back um oh mid to late july ish just kind of depends on a few things, but um it'll be nice to get away. All of us have vacations coming up and, and hockey's taking a massive RV trip. It's just going to be epic. So um max moved into a new house there's a lot of stuff going on in the Redcast universe we need a few weeks off decompress reset um but before we do that um let's kind of recap the uh, year that we have experienced which has been quite a year uh you know this time 12 months ago in june of 2020 we were in the midst of the pandemic not really knowing exactly where we were at especially from a sports perspective, right, guys? No idea if we we're going to have a football season at that point. Um, and we had a lot of questions out there. Honky, what are your kind of recollections of, of last summer and the uh, unknowns that we were facing from a uh, Husker podcast?
0: Yeah, it was a crazy time a year ago, but uh, you know, as crazy as it gets, though, the one thing you can always count on is the constant of, of Twitter Going overboard with everything. I mean, we started this year with with Desmond and Pat 40, you know, going crazy with Frost and we end tonight with McCaffrey and and the craziness on Twitter of that, too. And Frost's numero uno bad guy on on Twitter, apparently, you know, by the national media. Um, what a crazy year. COVID obviously dominates every discussion that we're going to have here as we go from last August to, to present day. It affected every single sport that we cover. It changes some of the sports that we don't typically cover. We're not a volleyball podcast yet. We would talk a little bit about volleyball and they played in the spring instead of uh, instead of in the fall. You know, we had baseball, which Big Ten and Kevin Warren chose just not to play certain hmm. things like non-conference games or tournaments and And so it it just a crazy year. We made it through it, Mm -hmm. Redcasters. I'm proud of every one of you. We've all made it through it. Uh, You know, I'm definitely I'm looking forward to putting a close on uh, on this season and taking that break that Dave mentioned and uh, starting off refreshed. Big Ten uh, Media Days in late July, July 20th or something, 22nd, and uh, you know, kicking it off the next season. Yeah, we just need to get our legs back. You know, been running
4: (laughs) and going this whole year. Just we got to get fresh legs and then hit the gym. Hit the gym, which is code for code for bar.
0: Coach Osborne, you know, there's the video on Twitter yesterday, and it was about it doesn't start in August. You know, teams that are going to be successful, it starts now. It started two months ago. It started four months ago. I felt like he was
4: directly pointing at my gut. (laughs) I thought, like, well, this is so personal.
0: He just he doesn't usually go
4: with those attacks, but it's like, yeah, (laughs) these choices were made earlier.
1: (laughs) Uh, That's great. Well, Boomer, um, what what are your thoughts on uh, the last year of podcasting on Husker Sports?
3: Well, you know, it kind of puts our whole podcast into perspective, really. Maybe maybe too much perspective. I don't know. It was just kind <laughs> uh, We've always joked about a how we perspective, the, if you yeah were. yeah we picked like the the best stretch of Husker Sports to start a podcast, and man, that kind of was just the icing on the cake, wasn't it? So it's not a year I'd, I'd care to review too often, but I guess it'll be interesting, you know. 20, 50, hundred years down the road when historians are digging into the podcasts of the past and this, have, yeah. every
0: time we say, how can it get any worse?
3: <laughs> yeah, it pretty much. Yeah. Universe met that challenge. I was pretty impressed with it.
1: So yeah, that was, to review it is the funny thing He's like, Hey, let's have a year to review. That's a great idea. It's really yeah. going to yeah. be a fun show. This is for <laughs> archival
4: purposes. You got it. We got to put a cap on it. We got to layer do?
1: to bed. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, Rob, I, I I think you're the only Redcaster that actually had a confirmed case of COVID. Um, what's your take on the last 12 months?
2: Well, let's see. It's been a little over the last 12 months. Um, I think I made my first appearance on the Redcast oh, yeah. itself. So, um, wow. It's been, a, it's been about a year. Um, I would say that. Uh, if you think uh the huskers have been bad throughout all of this you guys added me to the show all right i'm <laughs> like i'm like the cousin oliver for the brady bunch I, <laughs> know, so, I mean some desperate attempt to to keep it going throughout the the bad times we're gonna jump whatever. the
1: shark at some point rob <laughs> watch out
2: i yeah. i'm i'm looking forward to it um but yeah it it, it has been an inter- interesting year um, i picked up a whole new sport to watch in Australian rules football uh goat ruse um shortened baseball season we didn't know if we were gonna have a football season um honky and i got together we had a fight we broke up we got back together mm-hmm. um you know i told him those three words that he always longs to hear i do make wrong. up rob I went to Lincoln and spent a weekend alone with him while he slept on my couch in my hotel room. So, um, Hmm. yeah. And and let me tell you now, now, we could elaborate on
4: that. Yeah.
2: Not, not only are we going to uh, travel to Champaign, Illinois together, but we're going to make it a threesome and add Max and Mac (laughs) into the mix. We're definitely going to elaborate. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Well, Uh. let's,
1: uh, let's start, um, uh, walking through the years a little bit, step-by-step. 12 months ago, literally in June of, of last year, we really don't know if there's going to be football, especially in the Big Ten. And at, at some point, Kevin Warren, uh, the infinite wisdom of the leadership of Kevin Warren, uh, starts, starts um, laying out the groundwork of what the Big Ten is going to do um, potentially for, for, for football. There is a schedule released. I, it, was that in July or so? No, that,
0: sure? I want to say that was early August, like, yeah. like Wednesdays,
1: the right. 5th or something. And That they, sounds
0: about right. I was thinking like August 6th,
1: maybe. Something yeah, because like we that. were that practicing. Was
3: like the... I think so, yeah. And then because it was early August, I think that they postponed, uh, you know, they said they were going to postpone the sports. So they have that, the
1: big and, release yeah. on, on BTN. Remember, guys? Yeah. Where yep. like, it's like, whoa, it, it came out of nowhere. We get a full schedule. And then it, as soon as that comes out, it feels like it it gets rescinded, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very shortly afterwards. If, if might have been was
3: it
0: the next week or was it just a few days? I, it, was it, was like next next it was the next It was the next week. It was a Wednesday. I think that they released on BTN, and the following Monday, Frost had the preseason press conference where he, you know, I mean, he laid it out all the reasons why we should be playing, and nationally had some support from people about yes, this is good. And then the next day, I think it was Tuesday. The next day was or Wednesday. One of the two was when the Big Ten came out and said, nope, <laughs> we're done. Yeah, we're not going to play. We're going to push us all the way
1: back to the spring at best. Spring, whatever that meant. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, that's Jeff Brom.
0: I mean, he had a whole plan.
1: Yeah, right. Jeff Brom had it all figured out. We're going to start in January, and uh, we would have wrapped up in April or something like that. Um, and, boy, so that was a really amazing period of – of following college football right there. Just the the every day felt like something was happening back and forth. Rumors were flying all over the place. Um,
0: yeah. Every day on sports radio, it was just constant chatter, right? Dave, I was in Denver. I brought Kathy and Alex with me, and we flew out there, and we, we were hanging out with you in mid-August, and uh, they had already made the decision that we're not playing the Big Ten. But it was on the Sunday that we're flying back. That was when – Lawrence at Clemson tweeted out something about how, you know, we should be playing and, and it was the start of the, the national discussion. We need to be playing. And, you know, the ACC, the SEC, and the big 12 obviously never jumped the route that the PAC 12 did following us. So, I mean, the big 10 in its infinite wisdom found out that it's no longer a leader in college football because the decisions that the big 10 was making was not being followed by everyone else. This was yeah. Kevin Warren at the very least was not Delaney in yeah, uh, in, right. in running things. Yeah, I think the only thing I'd
3: compare it to just sports-wise would have probably been, you know, realignment palooza back in, you know, 2010 when every day you'd turn on the the news and you'd hear some school was looking at this or, you know, Missouri's looking at joining the Big Ten and half the, you know, Big 12 was looking to join the Pac-16 or whatever it was. <laughs> yep, that's right. Every day it was something new. Orange, orange Bloods was telling sorts something. of News and things like that, that turned out to be, you know, false with six hours later, whatever it was. It was just kind of that same chaotic Nobody had any idea what was going on. And then you have Twitter amplifying that, you know, kicking that up to 11. So it was (laughs) unique. Speaking of that, Boomer, Rob, uh, do you
2: remember Sir Yacht? Oh, my God, Sir Yacht. He was uh, (laughs) one of the more interesting Twitter followers of the entire year. Amazing. Yeah. If you ever want to know how to uh, increase your Twitter Twitter followers by paying for them, uh, you can probably message Sir Yacht. Although I don't even think he's on Twitter anymore. He Um, might have got banned. I think he might have, and not only probably because all he did was spread fake news. Um, and, and along with all that, um, it turned out that he had some like crappy pop boy band that he was in. And that's really the whole thing behind it was they were like trying to get followers and people to listen to their really bad music, by the way. Do not search them on YouTube, whatever you do. Was <laughs> well, it their early stuff or?
4: <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> I'm totally going to search
2: them on YouTube after this. Yeah, there's some nice. videos
1: out there of three. Well, Rob
2: was them before they were cool. So. <laughs> That's right. Uh, apparently, I was because I was, as soon as he showed up, I was like, who is this D bag? And next thing you know, I'm like way down the YouTube rabbit hole and. You know, texting Boomer at like two in the morning while I'm drinking old fashions, like you know, exchanging drink recipes and and sending him links for Sir Yacht videos. And that's how and it starts. Of kind of, that's, that's how it starts. How it yeah. starts. Yep. It's yeah. nice that well, you can share your alcoholism. That's cute. well. <laughs> well uh, if it, if it tells you anything, I'm, I'm I'm 90 days sober. So <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. I'm, I'm not. not. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, so I, uh, you know, Sir Yacht was just amazing. Element of all of this, but you know, I, th- I think Honky, I think you kind of started to talk a little bit about the other conferences and their scheduling. And you're right; they didn't follow the Big Ten in retracting their uh, fall schedule. Uh, the SEC, ACC, Big Twelve all had had released uh, conference schedules and even non-conference games, and they stuck by those. And I mean, you remember one of the reasons the Big Ten uh, had had made the case that they just needed to push off the football season.
0: What was their big issue? Was this the myocarditis? Exactly. It, which Mac right away and Mac, you know, is in the medical world. I mean, he was like, "This is bullshit from That's day way one." Ahead he of it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, and, and it wasn't just use. I mean, there's other there were institutions in the big 10 that had medical people that were coming out and saying you can cancel the football season for a lot of reasons, but that's not one of them. It was a weird thing. It was just weird how they wrote. It was were like they're
4: actively were, trying to cancel. They the were season.
0: trying to find reasons not to play. And then when frost and Nebraska would come out and say, we want to, then we would get crapped on by the, the Pat forties and the Desmond Howard's of the world. Still weird to me. Even when, you know, finally we had Iowa, we had Ohio state, The three to 11 vote. Remember that one Dave. Three to 11 vote. I forgot about that. And and I will say this about the three to 11 vote. And this, this goes to every Hawkeye and every Buckeye out there. Um, that's a badge of honor. Any fan base of a school that is on that side of three, that's a badge Mm -hmm. of honor that I don't care when lose, whatever you wanted to play. And you wanted to see if we could make it work at a time when there was a lot of opposition to not wanting to see it work. And yeah. anybody that watched South Dakota State play Sam Houston State in May and watched quarterbacks going down three months before they're going to be playing yet again realizes how idiotic the idea was that we can play a full spring football season yeah. for the health of the players, play a full spring football season, turn around, and play a season three months later. Like, Mac, I remember on a show that we talked about, you you were saying that back in August, like, that is idiotic and to watch those quarterbacks getting beat the yeah. hell up just a month ago and now to expect them to turn around and be playing again yeah concussions
4: are
1: far more likely good lord, know, we're, yeah, yeah. yeah we're no six oh, six weeks away from essentially um fall practice right and they yeah. just finished up um less than a month ago so yeah, that's so, crazy yeah that is absolutely crazy speaking of that hockey i mean you know we even you know fast forward a little bit uh, with Ohio State, there's a lot of stuff that came out a few weeks ago, um, a lot of emails, et cetera, that was re- released through um, a request um, to the media. And, uh, you know, it's pretty clear that Ohio State was looking to to go it alone, right, outside of the Big mm-hmm. Ten, just like Nebraska, and they even referenced Nebraska being more vocal about it, um, or at least more public about it. But there was clear evidence there uh, that. For what Pat Forty and Desmond Howard was crucifying Nebraska and Scott Frost mm-hmm. were saying, Ohio State was thinking the exact same thing.
5: Absolutely. I
0: mean, Moose I think just came out and said here in the last week or two, uh, he was talking budget and he said Nebraska was fortunate. I mean, incredibly fortunate. After this whole year is done, I think we were only down like thirty-six million or something from what they would initially expected. You know, and so I mean, you think about that. We didn't have to cut any sports. There were schools that did that. You know, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of bad visions of what was going to have to happen across athletic departments and everything twelve months ago. And thankfully, we were able to have a season. It was a different season. It was a season of seeing Rob in the stadium, his cardboard cutout, you know, and a bunch of cardboard cutouts. But I mean, you do what you have to do to to get by. And I think. Just in general, college athletics is no different. They did what they could do to get by. It looked a little different from one sport to the next. Some things had to move a little more than, than others. But as a Husker fan, I'm so proud of what Nebraska's role was in, in helping college athletics plow mm-hmm. through this. I think, you know, we we absolutely were a leader in this, not a follower. And I just I have a lot of pride in that. I have a lot of pride in how we handled it. I have a lot of pride that we didn't cut sports and we're coming out of this. I think stronger as an athletic department season's done and we've got some facilities that are starting to get built now. Those are things as you start to look into the future. um, That's how we're coming out of this.
2: You know, it's been a crazy year, but uh, we made it. It's interesting. But right here, as we're sitting here talking about this, an article popped up on my phone about um, this whole thing with the McCaffrey side of of things and and how, um, you know, this, this whole season just kind of was, just a weird way and the way it took off. And, and even f- I can read a, a frost quote here um, where he says, I look back at our stance on everything and we took a pretty strong stance on it. I'm not sure if I'd do it again because it put the crosshairs on us. That was in national media. People were sick on us, put mm-hmm. us back in our place a little bit intentionally. And there's another school in our league that said and did the same things that didn't get the same treatment. And I'm not sure I'd do it again as boldly as I did because it possibly put us in a bad place where we're going to get worse schedules and those types of things by being voted vocal but it was a hundred percent the right thing to do
0: what oh that just chaps my height because it apparently it should because he said something he always gets just a little digging though like at the end of it it's like <laughs> he
4: well, does another the school the same <laughs> thing i'm like all right yeah leave that part out you know like i, I don't know it's funny <laughs> i'm glad it's he funny said the it. stances he takes on stuff sometimes i'm glad
0: he said it i mean there was another school that hey, said he, it.
4: we win eight nine games i don't give a damn what he says we could he could be far more bold and vocal yeah it's well, just so funny he he's really good about that
0: or
1: nine games mac that's ultimately what we had as a schedule right we had mm-hmm. a eight plus one i guess which yeah. i think maybe Great. is an innovation that comes out of this that might mm-hmm. uh, honky you've had some good ideas about how that could continue so boomer when did we actually start playing football uh in 2020 what was our game of uh, the first game against ohio state Right. The first game was uh, October 24th. October 24th. So, as, you know, seven, eight weeks delay, obviously, there. Um, and then we lose the Wisconsin game. Disappointment there, obviously. We played um, okay against Ohio State at times, especially early in that game. Um, but we did not have the opportunity to play Wisconsin. Uh, then we turn around and um,
0: have Northwestern.
3: Hydrox. Yep, Hydrox. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: Hydrox and you. uh So we played the two teams that end up playing in the Big Ten title game, Northwestern and Ohio State. Um, I can remember at halftime at Dave's house in Denver, I'm calling up Mac, and I remember making a statement that, you know, I love Martinez. and I've been an Adrian guy for the last three years, and I'm like, he needs to sit. And and there were just things I, I didn't like that I've seen, and, and I think we need to put McCaffrey out there, right? McCaffrey gets put in there in the fourth quarter, and essentially does the exact same thing that Martinez was doing, which was taking us down the field between the twenties, and then we couldn't put, we couldn't get the ball in the end zone, we couldn't score in the yep, red zone, that's right. and that's why we end up out yarding Northwestern by hundred plus yards, but we just can't win the game. But because it was a new person doing it, and I'm as guilty as anyone, it was put McCaffrey out there. And I even made the statement on the next week where I said, and here's the thing, once you've pulled Martinez and you put McCaffrey out there, you can't take him out. You can't put a freshman out there and pull him in two games. You've got to make the decision. you got to stick with him. And Dave, what did I say about two weeks later? You got to pull him. I was like, "This guy's horrible." You got to pull him, and and I don't mean that. Look, I'm not trying to say bad things about the kid, even though apparently their family hates us now. But the dude, look, you all you had to do was watch the game and go, "Well, that's not the answer." Mm-mm. And then Martinez just happens to go back out there on the you know the last drive of Illinois and take us right down for a touchdown, and then things started to settle down those last four games of the year. And look, I mean, I think we have our quarterback. <laughs> it's weird. We have our quarterback of the future, who's the quarterback who's been here for three years, but he's our quarterback this year. I don't have any sure. issue with that. And I think that uh, we know what we have in terms of the uh, the parts around him now, the pieces. We've added a lot of talent and a lot of players and size. And I think that he's going to have his best season. I know, I'm confident he's going to have his best season as a Husker this year. Yeah,
1: oh, no, no right? absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, there were some disappointments along the way in that season, right? I think the the opportunity to, to have a winning season was there, but the uh, Minnesota game and the Illinois game the Illinois. that you reference, Hog, uh, is going to haunt, haunt that season for a long time because those were games that were out there for the taking.
0: If Martinez is the quarterback, do we lose to Illinois?
1: Uh, it's so hard to say. I mean, it feels like the game plan, it was just hard. It's hard to tell because I don't know what the game plan was because, um, you know, Luke did tuck the ball and run a lot. And it is hard to tell what the offense was supposed to look like. And so if you look at other games later in the season and what Adrian was able to do, you would think that they would have been able to do that versus Illinois with him in there, but it's so hard to say. Well, you know, I mean, it did end on a redeeming note somewhat. The Rutgers game uh, was um, probably maybe the best performance of the year, even though uh, Adrian had four turnovers, He's got to fix those going forward, but he looked good in the second half, and the team was definitely um, stronger as they finished the season.
0: Yeah, I mean, special teams were a disaster that game too. Allowed the fake punt and gave up a a touchdown return from a crankshaft, and that's the second time he did that in two years. So, you know, with two different teams, so don't kick to that guy. and, And the beauty of this is that we can look at a victory. The team that we put up 700, almost 700 yards on, I think we ran for like 380 yards on records. all these very positive things, and yet still walk away with that and go, that's part of our problem too. It's not just that we've lost a bunch of close games, which I've mentioned that a number of times, how close are we? We have the second most you know, amount of one score losses in the country over the last three years, and that's true, but it's not just the losses. It's some of those wins, too. When Mac and Rob and I go to Illinois uh, two years ago, Mac, you and I went to Champaign as well. We put up 700 yards and out-yarded Illinois by 300-something, but we had four turnovers. Yeah. Dave, we've had nine turnovers against Illinois the last two years. I mean, Unbelievable. That's, it, it's unbelievable that we're one and one against them when you put up those kind of stats. I mean, that you should be 0-2. But when you look at the other stats, the 700 yards that we put up two years ago, yeah, you should win that every time, and you should win it running away. And and Rutgers, our last game out, we did that again. We had the stats on the on the stat sheet that would say we should have won that by four touchdowns, and it shouldn't have been come down to the end. Now, the beauty of of uh, this show and the optimism that we're going to show is that I truly believe, with everything in me, Frost has identified. Those issues, specific issues on the field that are holding us back. Special teams, without a doubt, and what he's done with Dawson, you bring in uh, Bill Bush, the emphasis that they put on it in spring ball. They continue to. They just brought in another kicker from Iowa Western now this year. I think they walk out of spring ball, and I'll tell you this. I think we walk out of there and we don't have a kickoff specialist. I still don't feel we have that. I don't think we have that guy that can kick it in the end zone. So you know what? They're bringing a guy from Iowa Western. They're expecting that walk on uh, Meyer from uh, – Ord has a big leg. They're, they are just going to keep adding bodies until they feel like they've got what they need because you have to have it. You've got to be able yeah. to kick that ball in the end zone. Boomer has ran the stats. He's done it a number of times on this one. You can kick it in the end zone. That's a good thing you know, in yep, terms of field position. Right. And
4: Even if you do kick it to crankshaft.
0: Even if you kick it to crankshaft. If you're kicking it five, six yards deep in the end zone, that's better. We're not far away. We really aren't, but the, you got to fix those issues that are holding you back. He's fixed so many big issues, strength and conditioning, mm-hmm. walk ons, in state recruiting, all that. He has fixed so many things. We're so close. You got to fix those, those last things. And that's, I guess, I'm going to just say this. This is my word of the, to leave you, Redcasters, over the next month as we go into hiatus. The word of the honky here is foundation.
5: Oh. We have
0: laid a foundation in all these sports that we cover the football, basketball, baseball. The foundation is there to have success this next season. I'm going to use the word groundwork i feel like <laughs> we've laid the groundwork
4: for a foundation if you may you know <laughs> no I, I mean i know what you're saying and we listen we've said it a billion times and it goes forward i saw enough from this team this year to know that if we tighten the screws a little bit we could have a decent team next year and i think we've improved in positions we need to improve at i don't have any problem going into the next year with with the running backs that we have i think some of those somebody's going to show up out of that group. Yep. So it doesn't matter how we do in the portal. It doesn't matter who transfers. It really doesn't. None of that's going to matter. you got to win next year because who cares? Yeah. Yeah, you lose a player, you gain a player. I don't care. It's four years in. You better have the players you need to win.
0: For what it's worth, though,
4: I will say we haven't
0: lost a single player in that portal. That hasn't been lost by somebody else. Well, <laughs> aside from <laughs> aside from Wondell. And I've, oh, I've, yeah, he did I've said all the stuff I've said about that. I, I think Wandell's is a, a, a great player, but we are clearly going in a different direction at wide receiver from what he was But aside from Wandell, we haven't lost anybody that I would have said would have been a starter next year, anyways. At least you could say with Wandell, yeah, he would have been a starter. Yeah. But the anyone else hasn't been. You know, just this week, you know, we lost David Alston. Yes. I you know, I mean, guys are gonna leave. And if guys haven't played in three years, then you know, they're making a decision for them. I don't blame him. I wish not I have said this so many countless times. with 1,600 guys in the transfer portal, we're just going to keep saying it, but I wish nothing but success for for Alston. I wish nothing but success for McCaffrey. People are going to leave, and that's totally acceptable. What I care about are the guys that are here that aren't leaving, that are competing and fighting for those positions. And what gets lost in the portal is that we've got a whole lot of guys that are still doing that. We have 150 dudes on our our roster right now who haven't left who – are committed who just sat and watched Tom Osborne talk to him. The video that that, that came awesome. out. But, I mean, I I think any one of us our age wants to run through a wall if we can still run. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'd like to lean up against that wall, tie my shoes, you know. But yeah. <laughs> so I'm ecstatic with the direction right now, and I know eh, this is why we need to take a break because there's going to be redcasters that listen that and go, "Oh crap, honky!" You know what are you talking about? But I think that we are set to. Explode. We're ready. We're at a good spot. Yeah. The foundation.
1: Yeah. Set to the found- explode. The foundation has been wow. set. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Well, um, I mean, I can, we can kind of wrap up football a little bit here. You know, the Rutgers game, you're right. had some some intrigue there on whether they're going to go to a bowl or not. Ultimately, they they voted to not go to a bowl. I, it's another thing that I don't know if Frost would do ever again, but mm-hmm. in that situation, it happened seems like, um, you know, some key players chose not to want to play. Um, and ultimately, they did not go to a bull. And, and then we had some transfers after that, right? You mm-hmm. mentioned Wandell and Luke. Um, and so, I mean, anything else to, to mm-hmm. talk about with football? I,
0: I think some of the guys that transferred were some of the guys that voted not to play. And yeah. we, we saw a lot. We know what we're going to have on defense coming back. We know that we have 18 of the top 20 tacklers back. And some of those guys were very vocal. And some of the leaders, the Cam Taylor Brits and the, you know, the the Dismukes and Williams and all those guys, those guys came out and said, we voted to play. And I I was very upfront back in December. I said, I didn't have a problem with us not playing at that point in the year. It was a long season. And in our case, I mean, it was, our guys were on call from March all the way to December. I didn't mind guys taking that break. We saw Iowa commit to playing a bowl game against Missouri. We had Iowa practicing during uh, Christmas time. And then Missouri calls up on, you know, 26 or 27 and says, Oh, we got COVID. We're not playing. And then, so Iowa just all of a sudden, they don't get to play in a bowl game anymore. I get Nebraska at the time. It didn't bother me that we didn't want to play a bowl game at that moment. It really didn't. What was interesting to me was a couple months later to hear players come out and say it bothered them. And I guess in a good way, I'm glad I'm glad that mm-hmm. it did. I mean, it, Frost wants guys that love football, even despite as hard as that season was, and those guys being on call for nine months, and those guys doing all the stuff right so that they could play football week after week, they still wanted to play. A lot of those guys wanted to play in late December uh, in some bowl game. That's a good makeup of a team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have that to look forward to uh, once fall ball starts. Um uh, well, at, at the end of the football season, uh, basketball was ramping up and uh, Fred Hoiberg um, had a whole new team. It felt like, again, uh, a lot of new faces in there we were trying to get used to. Um, they started off a little better than the year before where they actually had a few victories in the uh, non-conference. Um, but ultimately, another challenging year for uh, Nebraska basketball. But um, t- just like football, you feel like they're pointing in the right direction. Yeah, we just need to play Doan more. I mean, that's I, think right. I that's the forgot game. they played Doan. <laughs> that's the it's game, a longtime right. rival. So <laughs> that's right. Well,
0: Hockey and Boomer really were torn there as alumni of both schools. What do you? Okay, again, I'm going to talk about foundation. We actually know the names of some of the guys who are going to be lining up <laughs> for us. <laughs> when we start this season, and we've gone a couple years now in a row without necessarily knowing that, and that's not a knock on Hoiberg. That's just look, man. Hoiberg came into a situation that he was going to be replacing everybody anyways. We've talked about that with the last year of Miles, and so that first year is going to be a huge transition. And then, yeah, we we were going to lose some of those guys, and he, we ended up kind of rebuilding the roster a second time. And you throw COVID on top of that, and it's like, well, that's a yeah, what a tough start.
1: Yeah. Oh, and by the way, you didn't a lot of those games in person, right?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a bonus. It was basically like stealing money because there's nobody in the crowd. <laughs> so I just had to wait and see if a player fell on his head. And it never happened. But I did get to see that cut out of Rob uh, several times. So that mm-hmm. was nice. Um, yeah, I felt like this team was, you know, uh, once Walker became available, uh, this team started jiving. It got to be more fun to play or to watch play. I haven't put any expectations on next year for the team, but that's just me and basketball. But I like the sounds of what everybody's coming back. It'll be cool if – you know, I've never, I've never seen an incoming freshman get the
0: kind of, like, national
4: pub that oh, McGowan's geez. is
0: getting. Well, Dave, to be fair, you know, a lot of people in football right now, I want to say, it, regardless if we've laid a foundation or not, our schedule is so gosh darn tough this year that, you know, six and six is all we can do in football. Well, then, to be fair in basketball – wouldn't you say the schedule is going to get a little easier? I mean, this was the Big Ten last year had, what, nine or eight, whatever teams make it. You know, it was the best conference in the country. Well, there's been a lot of attrition. And just schedule alone, doesn't that bode well for a Nebraska team coming back with four or five guys that that played significant minutes? I think 70% of our production back. uh, Banton is in the draft process but, you know, hasn't hired an agent. So just you look at that, I mean, how does that – change your assessment coming into the next year?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, Minnesota, Indiana changed coaches. Indiana's done a pretty good job of restocking the the cupboard there. But um, you also have teams like uh, Illinois that had um, kind of a a perfect uh, roster there that might take a little bit of a step back. So I think the Big Ten's going to be good at basketball again, but uh, as good as last year, probably not and maybe not quite as deep. Uh, So Penn State's another team that has a a coaching change. So there's definitely opportunities there to to move up. And the question that you really have is how far can they move up with the talent boost they have, adding not only Bryce McGowan, but uh, Wilhelm Breidenbach and uh, CJ Welcher, et cetera. So it's going to be really interesting to see where these guys go. And and, uh, it seems like Horberg really has um, uh, some – additional recruits that are, are already starting to look to come here that are high profile and the talent continues to rise.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, even that DePaul kid too, on top of that, I mean, there's just a good point. There's an, yeah. it feels like they, four or almost five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels like they feel really good about their roster it's at right now. And there's also a development piece of this too, like Lat Mayan, um, they were talking about how he has, you know, put on like 25 pounds. And and so I love when you start to hear that in basketball. We always talk about – He'll still look guys. skinny. Yeah, he'll still look skinny, right? I mean, but, you know, we've got – it's a nice – Breakdown down this team of size, and you know I, I love having Andre back. I think that dude yeah. was playing really good ball by the end of last year, so it, it's fun to yeah, see all was. that. And then you get the unexpected ones too. Webster, that well, was one guy. Dave, you, you and I at the very end of last yep. season, we were talking about Thor. I was like, well, maybe Thor and Webster can come back. And you're like, well, probably not. Well, I was right with one, kind of like Rob. I was right with one, wrong with one. So Thor did leave, <laughs> but we got Webster back because. He feels pretty good about uh, what's going on right now. He thinks a foundation. Mm. Did you hear the word?
1: Yeah, no, I he
0: don't. he thinks a foundation has been laid, and he's excited to come back for a season when he didn't uh, he didn't have to. So
1: I like it. That's right. Rob, uh, you know, you, you follow basketball relatively closely, and uh, you were for a horrible NBA team, but um, <laughs> I still respect your opinion for some reason. Do um, you think the Nebraska basketball has a foundation or a groundwork to work from?
2: Well, it's really hard to tell because with college basketball again, you you're not playing with uh super deep rosters all the time depending on on the teams that you're playing with. Um most um successful programs and uh are turning over their roster on a yearly basis cuz you're always going to have one or two guys that are leaving for the NBA, right? Um and so really roster management for basketball is a lot different than than like football, right, where you've got like you know, all these guys coming back, you've got super seniors coming back, things like that, where basketball in itself, um, you know, uh, the real foundations are in the system more than they are in in the players. And you got to find the players that fit that system on a year in year out basis. And once you find that groove, then it's easy to have consistent success. Um, you know, I, I was all over this team in the beginning of the season because the fact is they, they were fun to watch the whole season. They were a fun team to watch. Um, some of the games were quite painful, um, you know, they couldn't hit a three to save their life. But overall, I was having fun watching Nebraska basketball, um, where the last couple of years I couldn't say the same thing. So I am looking forward to the next season. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing I know that they've got some really highly touted recruits coming in. And, and that's really all you can ask for for college basketball is to mm-hmm. see those recruits come in Hopefully see them be successful enough to go to the NBA, which then leads to more big-time recruits coming into your program and, you know, hopefully playing within that system and continuing that success while you have a few guys that maybe stay three or four years that can, you know, maybe defensive skills, things like
0: yeah. that. Well, think about what just happened in football. I'll, I'll keep tying it back to this. We just got a five-star transfer who's three years out of high school, and no one's expecting him to come in and be a starter right away. If he can come in and be special teams for sure, mm-hmm. if he can add depth, if he can take one of the starting spots, awesome, right? But that's a five-star. Football, there's this expectation of development and time involved with any player you get. Basketball, that's thrown out the window. You're a five-star kid coming in, the expectation, because basketball just – Physically, you don't need to be as developed as a foot. You don't need three years of development the same way an offensive lineman does. So basketball, guys, if you can get a five-star kid in here, geez, you're you're starting on day one. And and heck, man, you might be our leading scorer on day one.
4: basketball kids are usually camp-tested, the five-stars. So you have an idea what they play like against good high school talent. Football, that's so hard to do.
1: No, it's very true, Mac. Yeah. You know, Boomer, uh, do you – you feel like Hoiberg uh, and staff have a, have a handle on the, on the Big Ten now, better understanding of what it's going to take to win in the conference?
3: Uh, I think so. Uh, just experience. You've had a few years here. You've had a chance to look at it. We're seeing these teams time and time again. Uh you played a heavy big 10 schedule last year. We kind of yeah, seem to be the sure. team that the conference threw to the dogs. Just make sure you play all your games, you know, because we got to pad everybody else's stats to make sure they get in here. So <laughs> I think they've had a good chance to kind of, to see what they're up against now. And this is a this tough conference and probably tougher than the big 12 is top to bottom or was back in his day, you know, when that was pretty top heavy conference and the big 10 is just yep. pretty much good from top to bottom for the most part. Um, so I think it's probably a bit of a challenge, but again, I think we're in agreement. Everybody likes the way this team's going. It's at least fun to watch and what the heck. So
1: Yeah, they did play a, a lot better, especially the last month of the year. Or so Mac, you mentioned Walker coming on board. I think they started to look more like what we would expect a Hoiberg team would look like offensively. So they can continue to build off of that and have the right talent come in. It should be a, a fun uh, next basketball season that maybe you know, at least puts us on the bubble. It'd be fun to see if we are really fighting for a, an NCA spot and, and, and maybe um, you know get in that'd be a, a, a really nice nice thing to look forward to. Well normally during uh, basketball about midway through uh, the spring semester, uh, baseball starts in college about February 15th or so. Um, a lot of other conferences did start. On their normal start date, had normal conference schedules, normal non-conference, normal midweek games. Hockey, how would that shake out for Big Ten baseball? It was totally straight down the line normal, right, by that point?
0: Well, yeah, the Big Ten kind of blew it, but it's okay because – uh Kevin Warren's brought in Barry Alvarez to help with baseball right? and uh, right. You know, from a leadership standpoint, how to, how to get some of those issues fixed. I'm confident that the conference will get this uh, figured out in, in 21. It's so unlike the big 10 to screw up a sports decision this last year.
1: Weird. So, so Boomer, the recap, let's see, they don't announce the schedule until a few weeks before they start playing practically, I think Almost after other conferences actually started the actual schedule.
3: Yeah, I believe um, so. Yeah, I think other conferences were already playing, and we had no idea what was even going
1: on. If right, you know who was playing when, where. Ultimately, becomes yeah. a forty-four game conference-only schedule. Only one of the kind of power five, quote unquote, um, uh, conferences to only have a conference-only schedule. Now, the ACC only had minimal non-conference. Um, and uh, other smaller leagues like the MAC and the MIAC, et cetera, only did conference only. But everyone else, especially the SEC, um, had in the Big 12 had a, a normal baseball year essentially. And it yeah, mid February
3: really, is when they announced the Big 10 schedule. Well, uh, they, February was that, 17th. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I think some schools had already started that weekend. And so we didn't start till early March, had a 44 game uh, slog through. Big Ten only, and um, it, it turned out pretty well, though. This was uh, one of those things where it, it could have um, really been difficult to get a team ready to play uh, with all those unknowns, but Will Bulch, uh in his first full year in a 44-game conference schedule uh, put a pretty good product, huh, guys? I'd take it every year. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we won co- the conference by three and a half games. We started relatively strong, you know, besides one really a hiccup, right? Boomer with Rutgers. Yeah, that was really it. Swept, yeah. which I – was Redcast Rob at that one, if I remember right? that was – I think we are just going to blame that on Robin. Yeah, we
3: identified the problem, and that was it. It was, was spring it, so, football yeah.
0: weekend. Yeah. Um, I mean, in my defense, they did win the
2: spring football game, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we can pile on the Big Ten here. It still blows me away that they didn't play an outdoor Big Ten, you know, tournament in Omaha months after they did play indoor basketball conference, yes, you right. know, tournament. I just and non-conference basketball games too, and Yeah, just, it just makes no
3: sense. They no. They're not horribly managed. Did they ever give any even fake rationale for why they wouldn't allow non-conference baseball games? I mean, like they, they didn't come up with like risk of chickenpox or something like that, or pinching you know.
1: pennies at that point. And the midweek games, I mean, almost every Big Ten school has a MAC school within a a few hours of them, or in Nebraska's case, a a Big 12 or a Big E school within uh, driving distance. It made no sense whatsoever.
2: I think maybe it was just that Kevin Warren realized that everyone else was getting to work from home and kind of make their own schedule as long as things were getting done, quote, unquote. And he said, you know, if everyone else gets to do that, so do I. And so, you know, there was just a little bit of delay in everything that he was doing. Um, he probably some mornings he had to fix his internet, things like that. I mean, the well, internet's right, a little you know? sketchy in Grand Cayman, Rob. always remember
1: that. <laughs> well, um, yeah, baseball, I think, was was a joy to watch, though, at times, though, right, guys? Uh, Mac, you did a, a couple of those games as yeah. well. But, I mean, you had uh, ultimately guys like Spencer Schwallenbach, who today was announced as the John Olerud two-way player of the year, a national honor. Um, he was the Big Ten player of the year. Uh, we had a really strong pitching staff with Cade Kovich and uh, Chance Roach, who is now already playing in Grand Junction, Colorado for a minor league team. So, I mean, it's been a, a, a quite a year for Husker baseball players.
0: Yeah, and he's joined uh, in, what, Grand Junction by Luke Roscom as well. Uh, so we have a couple of Huskers that are playing there. Uh, I incorrectly tweeted something out, and I think I deleted it afterwards. I, I tweeted something where I'm like, "They're playing for the never be seen again." Then I said, "They're playing for the you know the Colorado Rockies organization," and then like, I'm getting. I think you guys were texting me. It's like, no, that that's not it. Their Grand Junction has nothing to do with the Rockies, but. Regardless, they use the same name and they talk about the same mountain range. So
2: (laughs) there's similarities. In your defense, defense, honky, they were a part of the Rockies minor league organization um, up until I think it was like 2019, 2020. See, that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. But the thing with minor league baseball is that those teams are always changing their affiliation with major league clubs, right? And then I think that the Grand Junction Rockies joined an independent club because each of those minor league teams are independently owned, I believe, except for maybe a few, depending on the organization. And then they Basically, have contracts with the major. Yep, team yep, teams. yep, 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 yep,
1: yep. So, yeah, <laughs> it's,
5: super fascinating. Exactly.
1: It's not a minor it's, league. It's a deep dive is, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll take the deep dive on the shrinking of minor league baseball for another
4: unknown fact. They pop their own popcorn there.
2: Uh, <laughs> they, sh- they source it locally. <laughs> some of them sleep in their own cars because they get nine hundred dollars a month and they have to pay for their own hotel rooms. So that's oh, a lot geez. of fun.
0: That's more than some podcast get. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, Over I don't know who years. that would be.
0: No, I don't know. I'm not speaking <laughs> that's any. funny. But I'll tell you well, what, Dave, anyway, I, think they lay, I think they laid the foundation. And Maybe Bill, Bill Moose also and... thinks that he might be giving Will Bolt a raise, right, guys? A well-deserved raise. I mean, and lock it up. If you're a coach right now and you're coaching in this conference and you get an offer to go to an SEC or an ACC team, that's hard to compete with right now because I think you should look at your own conference and go, how serious are they, are they about this sport? I mean, it's hard enough to be a Northern team in this conference. It's hard enough to recruit when you only get 11.7 scholarships. There's enough challenges. The last thing you need as a baseball coach is a conference that is making it tougher on you by, by just penny pitching and archaic rules and just overreaching. And that's exactly what the Big Ten did here in baseball. It was shameful, I thought, how they they treated baseball this season.
1: Yeah, well, uh, let's hope that, that that changes going forward. Eric Backage makes, I think, about eight hundred thousand at mm-hmm. Michigan, which is probably a top twenty salary at least um, across the the country. Will Bolt, uh, I think, fifth right now in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. but I think with about a hundred thousand dollar range or so, he'd easily vault a second or third. So yep. it wouldn't take a lot to get uh, him in a better position, and um, and I think they'll probably do something of that nature. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and
4: you know, I'll Tim tell you Moose what, this we- is a good athletic director to have oh. for this. Like he's going to Moose will sink money into a winner. He yep. likes to spend money. Yes. He has
0: said, he, you know, he likes to support champions. And I always think like, I look at like Hawksfield, and I'm like, this is, it's still a great facility. And then on top of that great facility, they add the indoor, the Alex Gordon training facility. And wow, this is probably still tops in the country. And then you go and you watch Arkansas the last two weekends on TV and they show that facility and the millions they are pumping into it where they have an underground tunnel. That's going to go to the dugout and all these things. It's like, you know what? There's an arms race in every single sport. Baseball is yeah. no different. And uh, what was great 20 years ago isn't the best anymore.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you, you bring that up, Honky. It's something that we didn't get a touch on too much last week when we were talking about baseball and success. You know, we saw 11,000 fans at Baum Walker Stadium down there in Fayetteville. And um, it's not just the size, it was sure, you know, maybe. 3,000, 3,500 more than what you would fit into Haymarket Park I guess um, but the atmosphere was mm-hmm. you know intense it was loud it was um, very much a college baseball atmosphere and you know we haven't seen that at Haymarket in a long time and it would be great to actually see that in regular season games mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of SEC schools not just Arkansas um but uh Mississippi State Ole Miss LSU that have these huge crowds and they do a lot of fun things there they have you know like barbecue tailgates that they can pull right up to the stadium well, and, and Dave
0: what's what's one of the fun things they can do? they may
1: that? or may not sell alcohol in the stadiums which kind of goes really well with baseball right Boomer so there's things that I could see in the hay market here in the very near future that really could up the um
0: atmosphere Dave, I was, I was at that Michigan series, what ended up being an unplanned doubleheader, And I think I was texting you guys between game one and game two of that doubleheader. I'm like, there is nothing in the world. I want more right now than just a beer. You don't need to go get loaded on $8 beers, but I need a beer as we have 45 minutes between games and Boomer. You've been a, a, Big proponent of this, I think that would be something wonderful for Hawksfield.
3: Yeah, it would be helpful. I, I, I could envision our state legislature, you know, passing <laughs> it, but not allowing it to be sold at Husker home games. So, <laughs> <and> that's <laughs> what, uh, what I would expect to happen. But <laughs> now it would just be a sensible thing to do. It, it's the perfect sport for it. It's the perfect setting. Other schools pulled this off. I don't think we're somehow any more freakish alcoholics that are going to cause a ruckus than any other fan base. Marketing we pride ourselves hockey, in being such a great fan base. I think we can handle it, you know. Yeah. So, And, again, like I said, it's another source of income in these uncertain times, you know, just another way to make sure we keep things rolling and we can keep all the sports we want to keep.
0: So. Well, they sell it there already for Salt they Dog do. games, and they I haven't do. seen any Salt Dog fans throwing beer on people. So I, I think – and a lot of those Salt Dog fans wear red during the, the Husker season. So same That's people, I, I think we can manage it. I think
1: they had Salt Dog games at the night of each of those Michigan games, right? Mm-hmm. Hockey's so literally – There was, you know, a Lincoln Salt Dogs game the same day as Nebraska baseball was playing.
0: Yeah, I am not a good Salt Dog fan because somebody told me that later and I was like, oh, I had no idea. Like, I didn't know that we were clearing out for a Salt Dog game, but I think you're right.
1: Yep, that's the reason they had to play at noon um, or at least were scheduled to play at noon each one of those those days. The Salt Dogs had the stadium in the evening.
0: Well, that was a great season, At the, <laughs> and what and what a great way to end! Yeah. What a great way to end the season, the sports season of of Husker athletics on a high note. We got big time games that were played on national TV. That oh, Arkansas yeah. win, I mean, it got those juices going. And I remember that feeling, that pit in your stomach feeling when you're in a big game with a lot on the on the line. That parlays well over to football and to basketball, where we've had some of those games. Well. Specifically, football, where we've had a lot of those games in the past, and we want to have those games again big games with a lot on the line, yeah, uh, playing for postseason, that kind of stuff.
4: Tough mentality, never say die. Basically, your Goonies
1: mantra <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. All right, guys, well, I'm we covered our three major sports. Um, I got to fill in your parting shots, maybe you'll touch on some of our other um, fine sport programs,
0: but uh, let's let's hit those parting shots now. Honky, take us away. Well, I'm just going to say, you know, this is the, the break for the Redcast. We're going to take about a month off, uh, a little hiatus, and I want to know what you guys are planning to do for the next month. I'll start with me. I'm going on another uh, hashtag Redcast road trip uh taking the the old rv and getting the fam in it we're gonna we are gonna see some football stadiums montana montana state the smurf turf and on the way back uh we'll hit Laramie so that's gonna wow. be interesting
5: i, I you man. really
0: spoil your wife
5: it's oh, I,
0: unbelievable does she knit while you do this i like, mean, what is <laughs> it's a, but it's gonna be awesome so um there may be photos uh you know posted to twitter or something when that happens but other than that, you'll probably see less of a, a presence on social media here over the course of the next month, too. And that's all right, because uh, we're not playing the games. Yeah, that's fine. That's right. Mac, what do you got for me? Uh, yeah, during the break, I'm planning
4: on a, uh, I'm really going to try to fortify my Husker location in the garage. The, uh, the wife's allowed me about a a 10 by 12 square foot. Because you just moved uh, into a house. Yeah. So, yeah, you mentioned that earlier. We did move into the house. So I've got about, yeah, 10 by 12. But I can do anything I want with guys. <laughs> just, you know, she said I can stay up as late as I want to. So, I don't know. But, you know, my helmet project and and apparently an ambient purchase of a, a replica in a national championship <laughs> ring that I had gotten. So <laughs> that says nice. Booker. It says Booker on it. I don't know. That's funny. Uh, but I'm book- going to get four more. You know, you' want to display right. all of them because there's
1: only 14 bucks.
4: So yeah, I'll probably take pictures of this as it goes, as long as it's not disappointing. <laughs> you
1: know?
2: Very right? good. Very good. All right, Rob. Well, let's see. I probably won't be doing much that I haven't already been doing, considering that I'm very rarely on the podcast anymore, but I have been working on a brand new office spaces. I had one of my kids is uh all grown and, and out of the house. And, and so I moved one of my younger, uh, my, my younger son into his bedroom and I'm commandeering his bedroom and turning it into my uh, new home office slash comic book space. So I've been going out, buying some new furniture, um, a couple of file cabinets that I'm going to spray paint to look really nice. So I can just slap a bunch of stickers on there, of course. Mm. Um, But, it's it, it'll look really cool and i may even post some of it to my uh redcast rap twitter well, account i can't wait for this done. rob well dave you're not on twitter anyway i don't think or if you are you're never <laughs> on twitter i should say um but but i'm pretty excited about that um i'll be playing a little bit of golf with my son as that's a new hobby he's picked up and i believe you'll be coming up to greeley for a couple rounds since i'm, I actually, I'm waiting
1: for the invite rob
2: which one because I've, I've i've probably put about 20 of them out there but um you know, I figure we got to get skips round in. Producer skips rounds in as soon as possible because he's about to have himself a a handful. We'll call a bouncing it that, I baby, uh, bouncing baby producer, bouncing baby skip something junior, oh, skip junior. Okay, yeah, so choice.
1: Uh, all right, and boomer, what do you got for me?
3: Ah, uh, well, other than finishing off uh, the sports season with the Australian rules football, just might as well continue the disappointment with all my favorite teams and St Kilda's continuing to, to underperform. But that's all right. So, what else is new for me? Uh, other than that, just continuing my deep dive into early 1900s Husker sports. I plan to peruse all the yearbooks and put a few things together on that. I was kind of interested in, and then um, staring at my herb garden earlier this week, I <laughs> finally came to the conclusion that you know I can make my own gin. So I'm oh, dabbling into that yeah, here, yeah. yeah. I I won't be no, I won't be distilling. So for any of any feds who might be listening, but uh, yeah, I, it. I realize gin is nothing but vodka with herb steeped in it so we're gonna be uh, testing that out here in in the coming weeks and nice. i'll let you know how that turns out folks so if if i come back and i'm blind then start there so
0: yeah. <laughs> boomer i just curious has st kilda have they like laid a foundation though for success in the future well
3: yeah yeah but they call it a foundation you know kind of some uh, <laughs> you
0: know. okay okay no, Dave, terrible. Yeah. Dave, you never give a parting shot, but we do. We are genuinely interested in what you are going to be doing over the next four weeks as well. So, uh, any any crazy plans? Or are you you know going to any football stadiums?
2: Mm,
0: no comment.
1: There, really, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I'm I'm going to go to Memorial Stadium because we have tickets to the Garth Brooks concert. There you go. Hey, so do we. All right. So that's that will be going on. Uh, I'll I'll spend some time in Nebraska, and I'm um, looking forward to the next RedCast when is it hunk <laughs>
0: uh, we'll do it right around the big 10 media days so that's gonna be about july 20 right uh, after we 20. finish up our summer workouts that's right well, we'll that's test right and then
1: that's we'll... right yeah well, well, our, our workout workout kick off with uh brett ciancia from pick six as well so sometime in that same period so we're yeah. looking forward to that it's always one of our best shows of the year mm-hmm. and um yeah i can't wait all right i always thought right. dave
2: would be updating his firmware and plugging himself in and rebooting but you know i don't understand what that means rob but did we glitch <laughs> or did rob glitch
5: <laughs> yeah
2: exactly what happened i definitely glitched
1: <laughs> all right, Good right, right guys great, great great way to end the season nothing, yeah. nothing like a robust parting shot segment yep. um for now let's <laughs> see that... why we
4: need a break now
3: <laughs> yeah you really do <laughs> Th- and thanks, listeners, for putting up with this. this yeah, thank and you, Redcast
1: Nation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Thank you for really listening to us for
5: another Sorry. Uh, go
1: especially putting up Redcast, Rob. <laughs> it means a lot to us. God bless you all. All right. We're out of here, guys. Let's call that a Go Big Redcast.
3: Go
0: Big Red. Hiatus. Hiatus.